of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast coming straight at you live from New York City is me, Matt Bacon, and my beautiful co-host, Keith of Ghost Cult Mag. What's up? Keith, how are you today? I'm okay, man. I'm okay. How are you? You know, suffering in an age of deceit. Now, what are we talking about? Let's talk about how Striper steals memes. No, just kidding. Um, let's talk about content marketing and how much yeah. is the appropriate amount to create to make a dent? And this is the thing I think people don't understand is that like there's basically three ways to break into anything, right? There's longevity. There's paying a lot of money. And there's being everywhere all the time and dominating your space. Right? I concur. I concur. You know, um, and, you know, longevity is really always going to kind of be a part of it. You know, um, I don't think there's necessarily a way around that, but you can rapidly reduce that by being extremely active, you know, and pushing a ton of content out, you know, and I think this is the key people don't understand. But, you know, that being said, also, People are creating a lot less content than you think sometimes. And if you start doing just one blog post a week, that's already more than 95% of people. Um, would you basically agree, Keith? I do. Um, let me pick your brain for a second, Matt, because I know your stance on this is very similar to mine. But here's, I'm going to postulate something, and you give me some of your feedback on this. There's two schools of thought. The superstar content creators of the world create a theme for a week or a month. They create however many pieces of content, not channel specific, but one piece of thematic content that guides them for many weeks of posts across all the channels. They might write a blog, they might share something and then do variations on that theme across all their socials strategically then there's the other school of thought which i think is more in line with you you and myself in terms of how we operate but it's not always the right thing for other people when you're advising them is to like you said fill up the space dominate that, that space yeah. whatever that space is which one do you think is effective and which one do you think is effective for our audience of the dumb and dumbest podcast i mean i think there's a few angles here, you know, um, and, and I think it's hard to kind of, I think it depends on who you are and what you're trying to do. Does that make sense? Because I think some people are really comfortable on podcasts and should just like try to guest on as many podcasts as possible. Uh, other people are really comfortable being on camera and still other people just want to write. You know, I think you should kind of make it bend to what you're good with. Does that make sense? It does. It does. 
Um, I, I will say another thing, which is respective of just time. You've been a big proponent of this since we met. Listen, you got a band with four dudes or three dudes or five dudes or six dudes or some combination of dudes, chicks and thems and theys. You should be able to assign channels and responsibilities to other people so it's not all on one person. However, sometimes you meet that band and it's like, oh, this is the only person that's really competent at this. Um, yeah. I recognize that social media is a chore because if it wasn't, neither of us would have jobs. And um, it's a chore sometimes people just cannot do themselves for whatever reason. But I'm a firm believer that you can actually learn, like you said at the top here, master the channels you have facility at and tackle the rest later. You sort of alluded to this because we've discussed this before, so it sounds like something we've said before. You were starting to head that direction. And I feel like, you know, you don't have to bite off the whole mountain in one day. You can yeah. take the chop down the side of a mountain with the back of your hand, like muddy waters. You can chop down a couple of trees. You don't really want to chop down a couple of trees, but you want to, you know, overcome a couple of hurdles, figure out the few channels that are most important and valuable to you where your audience is responding. And, and you can get to the rest later. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that really important. Um, you know, and also like if you create, if you start creating some content, you're going to have a much better understanding of how to create more content, you know, like, like, and I think that's a really big one is like, if you can start to do like, oh, okay, this guy has, you know, like if you start to get in the habit of creating, then it's become going to become a lot easier to create more down the line. Um, you know, I, 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 does that, does that make sense? Like, I think that a lot of people tend to overthink or get lost in some of this stuff when it's like, well, no, you shouldn't get lost in this stuff. Um, you just need to sit down and be like, okay, what can I do? Um, one of my favorite pieces of writing advice uh, comes from, uh, fuck, uh, yeah, I forget his name. I was trying to see if I had the book on my desk, uh, but this copywriter basically said like, look, you know, the reason I never have writer's block is because I just like, <clears throat> the reason I never have writer's block is because I look at the small part I can do and go from there. And so sometimes that small part he can do is like the headline, you know, and similar for you, you know, if the small part of what you can do on social is, I don't know. Um, I don't know, like, like you do good Instagram stories, just start with that. Uh, then things will start to make sense for you. Uh, does that make sense, Keith? Keith? Okay, Keith is on mute. I believe he's having an issue. The point being, um, and tied into this, you know, I really feel like you can't dominate on any platform unless you are consuming a lot on that platform, you know? And I think that that is really an issue that a lot of people suffer from, especially early on, is they're not consuming any Instagram content or they're not consuming any Facebook content. Like they're not like actively thinking about it. And I think that really shoots them in the foot a lot of the time. What do you think, Keith? I'm back and I agree. Um, I think that, like I said, there's the twin paradoxes here of the time suck of making social media content, not just talking about getting it out, but just making it. And then 
knowing what's good. Um, you know, you said it perfectly. Like, you know, if you're good at one thing or you're good at a couple of things, focus your energy there. Um, you know, I wish I had started YouTube so late. I'm really trying to master the channel now. I'm trying to learn Premiere. I'm trying to figure out my lighting. I'm trying to create content weekly while I don't have clubs and shows to go to and interview bands. It's a struggle and I'm not naturally comfortable on camera. We have discussed this and some of us struggle mightily with our lighting. No names named, Matthew. And, um, oh, sorry. And, you know, I, it, not all these things are intuitive. It takes time to master these things. So, you know, I was going to recommend that uh, there's a book. It's not necessarily about social media or about writing about your band or music or whatever, your brand. But one of my favorite writers is a guy named Dirk Manning. And I was fortunate enough to meet and interview Dirk Manning on, at New York Comic Con, which is probably not going to happen this year the way it's looking. And uh, Dirk is wonderful. He writes graphic novels and comics, uh, most famously Nightmare World, Tales of Mr. Ree, and he just did the new comic with Twisted, the guys who rap uh, sort of related to ICP. They have an animated TV special, TV series coming out based on this graphic novel. Which is so strange. He's also written a book. So strange. But Dirk, it's brilliant, actually. I got to say, I read the comic. And it's, in, it's called Haunted High Ons. Of course, it's about weed and, and ghosts and shit. And uh, they're ghost hunters, but they're spliffed out all the time, which is amazing. And um, the book is amazing. It's co-written by the guys. And, um, so but it's the thing about Dirk ICP Scooby-Doo. Uh, exactly ICP Scooby-Doo. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Dirk, well, perfect, Nat. Dirk, what I love about Dirk is Dirk wrote a book about the right, a writer's guide to creating comics, and he has a second part coming out. And you may say, Keefe, what does this have to do with writing about social media in my band? Dirk, the same way Dirk has attention to detail as a comic book creator and a writer of stories, Dirk is an incredibly detailed student of writing, and he literally takes you on how to write anything. It's not just applicable to comics. And as a person who's been, I've been a professional writer since I'm 18, and I'm, it's 30 years later, and so, like this book spoke to me and I found examples in this book that definitely resonate for what we're all trying to teach and do. So if you have time to go, you like comics and graphic novels, you're interested in Dirk Manning, he's a guy worth looking up, but this book is very valuable in terms of how to get started because a lot of people have trouble getting started, including my own writing staff at Ghost Cult. They tell me sometimes like, I like this, like I know what I want to say in the review. I have certain things in mind, but I just don't know how to get started. And this is in terms of like a blog or a series of Facebook posts or long form content or a series of tweets and Instagrams. Make it easy on yourself. Take it in bite-sized chunks. Get organized. Plan. I mean, Matt and I are huge planners. Plan what your content is going to be about a week in advance. You can do it. You can do it. And most of the native socials, uh, particularly Facebook and Instagram now, will let you schedule them out via business manager on Facebook. Yeah. So that and, takes some of the grief away. Yeah. And, and creator studio is also a big, very helpful part of this, you know? And again, it's once you start to get into the rhythm of it, it becomes a lot easier. And once you start to understand the rhythm of it and understand, okay, this is how much I need to create to kind of get somewhere meaningful with this, then things are going to start to click a little bit more for you, you know? And I think that's a really big part of it for a lot of people is like, if you let it, um, 
if you let it start to click and if you like double down and work on it, <clears throat> you're going to get somewhere, but you have to get the ball rolling, you know, because like, 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 look, like I create five ish articles a week, a daily bacon's a bit, seven podcasts a week. Um, five reviews a week bacon plus, a metal, plus a metal injection review. No, that was part of the blogs. Um, you know, this is, uh, so seven reviews a week, seven bacon bits a week, seven podcasts a week, four inter- industry blogs a week, um, metal injection review, a radio show, uh, probably some other stuff I'm forgetting. Right. But like, the thing is like, that didn't happen. Right. Like it was, it was all conscious effort and focus and slowly growing my thing, you know, and that's what I think is really important to kind of appreciate and respect is that like, I, you know, I didn't come out of the womb crafting a million pieces of content, regardless of what I might tell you if I'm feeling silly. Um, you know, and I, and I, and it's true. That's the same is true for a lot of people, you know, like, but you, you slowly get used to it. Like, I, I feel like, I don't know, like, like, like people who know me realize that I can be a fairly shy, awkward person, but I also realize I kind of need to push this thing if I want to be able to keep putting out black metal records with my, fe- my friends for a living. Um, you know, you, you know what I'm saying, Keith? I do. Well said. Um, yeah, you definitely, I'm, I'm a big believer that success begins by stepping outside of one's comfort zone. I'm living proof my whole career has been stepping outside of my comfort zone and convincing people I am comfortable, but I'm totally not, but I convince people that I am. And um, I also get anxiety. I also mercilessly am hard on myself. I also triple and quintuple check things and I still make mistakes. And you, and you can pull them back. There, unless you do something really heinous, and we've said before, keep out sex, politics, religion out of your content, uh, goes without saying, be neutral on these things, not because you shouldn't be being censored because it's just better for your brand long-term. It doesn't matter if, if, uh, if I own a record label and you and I have the same politics, but you are literally on a fucking soapbox every fucking day on your band account, I am not going to want to assign you. Yeah. It's a drag. Focus on the music. And if, you, and if politics is part of your DNA as a musician, that's fine. If, you know, but like do it with care because you don't uh, yeah. want to alienate and, people and, and again again quick point on the politics thing just just want to point this out before we i don't want to go down this rabbit hole but you're not as smart as you think you are um well shit damn yeah no but it like just undoes everything i was taught my whole life dude <laughs> on mother's day no less i'm just trying to protect people from themselves man i know um but the point being so so yeah so the amount of content you need to create is really huge. But again, you know, I think to get into the top 10% of creators is actually not that hard. And again, I, want, and I also want to point out that the types and scale are really important. A really good example of this is like um, Haunt, you know, who put out, what is it, like three releases in the last two years or some bullshit? Yes. You know, like Haunt. Bullshit. Haunt is a great example of a band who, you know, just like sat down and fucking went for it and have only grown as a result, 
right? Like that, that's the, that's, what's really exciting to me about haunt as a fan is like, Oh, they just put out more than everyone else. So they're able to dominate. Same with kiss. Same with, um, I know a lot of those early seventies bands cause they didn't have social Motley media. Crew, dude. Yeah. Motley crew. Motley uh, crew will still. tell you that still to this day, the whole reason that people care about that stadium tour as much as, as big as Def Leppard is, as big as Poison is, as big as Brett Michaels is personally, as big as Joan Jett is an icon and frankly more talented than everybody else in all those bands I just mentioned. Um, Motley Crue are relentless marketers, retired. They were relentless about getting the dirt out. They were relentless yeah. about that EP that came with the dirt with two new songs that are not that great. Uh, like they were relentless about having Machine Gun Kelly on their track and him blowing it up on his Twitter and Instagram, blowing it up. Nikki and Tommy are still dominating figures. Like you would think they came out yesterday, how hard they work at marketing Motley Crue. Yeah, every single day. And this is the thing, right? And now, okay, and so what do you say, Keith, to people who are like, oh, that's cheesy, I don't want to do that? So you have to do, there's a bare minimum you have to do for every band. If you want to be successful, you just have to do the bare minimum. Otherwise, don't complain no one comes to your shows. Don't complain nobody buys your merch. Don't complain no one knows who your band is. You know, it's not only that you're not as smart as you think you are, you're not as well known as you think you are. And I have met bands who are on labels with deals, with metal injection premieres, and then they go to a town where no one knows them and all their girlfriends are not at the door. And none of their best friends that pat them on the back and say, good show, bro where they play in front of a room of fucking strangers as a middle band on a big band on a big tour with a major headliner and no one knows who the fuck they are. And they're like, how come those, no one knows who we are? We have a song on liquid, you know, whatever, liquid metal. We have a, a fucking, we got a premiere on injection and sucks talks about us. And we're in, you know, we have social media followers. Why is no one talking about us? Cause you don't work that shit. And there are yeah. conversely great bands or I would say not so great bands who just outwork everyone else and they're everywhere. And you're like, why the fuck is this band all over the fucking place? They're not even that good because they work their dicks off and respective yeah. other genitalia. And, and that's part of why uh, Exhorter was able to become Exhorter, right? Is like, they just didn't fucking stop. Or, or that's why rather, sorry, that's why Pantera became the champions of groove metal and not exhorter. Sorry. Um, is that because, an unintentional slip right there, Matthew? Yes. Um, <laughs> but, but, but this is the key, right? Is like, it has nothing to do with the fact that Pantera is an incredible, incredible band. But no, okay. no, I mean, they are an incredible, incredible band, but exhorter was doing what Pantera was your friend, doing. is he not? I'm yes, but, but I'm friends with all those guys. But um, You should have Phil on the podcast. I mean, I can ask. But the point being... Um, but part of, but Exhorter admitted this from a very early point that they were like, yeah, like, no, Pantera just worked a lot harder than we did, you know? And like Pantera was like very, very aggressive a lot earlier than they were about just taking over the world. Like Phil Anselmo, like when you hear his stories about being a New Orleans musician and just like that level of insanity he was at is like, mind-boggling do, do, do you know what i mean like like it's crazy to, to hear his stories because he's because it's just like that is a dude who was just completely obsessed 
and was just in everyone's face all of the time until it worked out for him. You know, and that's what I think all of us kind of need is to be in everyone's face all the time until it sticks. Um, you know, how, okay, here, as we kind of wrap it up, how many pieces of content a week do you think a successful band needs to be creating? This is kind of well, a weird one. But. Are we doing option B where you just need to fill up a space, whatever that space is? I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a fair option B. So fill up a space, whatever that space is. So let's take two or three channels, you decide. Three channels. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Okay. I was going to say YouTube, but okay. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, bare minimum. No reason you can't make one post a day on Facebook. One post a day. Jesus Christ, you can make one post a day. And again, if you don't know what you're doing for Facebook and Instagram, every day you can shout out a friend's band, share an old review, share an old live shot, um, share a meme, ask a question of your fans, shout out a, a friend's band. I'll go you one better. I think the split between how much you should talk about yourself and how much you should talk about everything else in the whole world is 40-60. Yeah. I don't care if you have a brand new album dropping tomorrow. You shouldn't be only talking about yourself. And um, you really need to share the wealth, spread the love, share the love, shout out your peers, just, talk, just be a, uh, a student of music history, talk about Little Richard passing away, talk about Danny Carey of Tool's birthday today, talk about something. Talk about something your audience cares about, about the music you also make. So when you talk about your messages, they actually get noticed and paid attention to. So Facebook, one post a day, bare minimum. Two on special days, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, if you can handle it. Um, Instagram and what makes stories, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday so special? Because mon Monday and Friday are the fucking music industry apocalypse when everyone puts out a press release, a new video, farts. Corey Taylor always decides to say something on a Friday that everyone wants to write about. So don't do shit on Monday and Friday. You'll post on Monday and Friday, but don't drop your important shit and news on those days. I, oh, but everyone else in the business does it. You're not them. You're not them. And if you tell me you are, I'm going to tell you you're not. You're not them. Yeah. Asking Alexandria has a record coming out this week, regardless of how you feel about metalcore, regardless of whether you don't like them. I guarantee you Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that shit is going to dominate everything. <laughs> you don't have to yeah. like it. It's the music of young kids. It's the music of young teenage girls and young adults. And they've actually been around over 10 years now and they were a warp tour band. So there's a legacy of fans that are dying for this record to come out. They haven't heard it yet. So anyway, one post a day on Facebook, bare minimum. Instagram, you can chime in here because this is really your domain a little more than mine, but I'm gonna say at least one post a day on Instagram and at least five to 10 stories. You can't do 10 stories in a day, you are lame and your band is not interesting enough then. I mean, 10, ten, stories. ten, ten stories is a lot of stories. I think it's doable. Okay. Um, I think 10 is a lot. Usually I recommend like three. I think okay. it's an okay starting point. You know, um, ten, 10 is a lot, a lot of stories. I knew we were like, different. I, I think it's doable. I think, I, like, don't get me wrong. I think that, yeah, if you wanted to do 10 stories, you could probably do 10 stories. But that's a lot of stories to do. Um, okay. You know, uh, but like, yeah, like, 
I, I, I would, I, I, I would do my best if, if, you know, to have as much, and I've actually been trying to do more stories lately because I kind of had just been stuck in that three to five grind. And I'm really finding that when I do more stories, I'm getting more interaction, uh, yada, 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 you know. Um, you know what I love that you do, Matt, that I don't do very well? You seem to get a lot of responses on polls and you seem to get like those yes or no answers. Seems like people are responding. And, Cause when I answer them, I see who else has voted or yes or no. And uh, I think you do, again, you, you know, I think the Bacon's bits have a lot of longevity and a lot of uh, ability to, you know, reach people. And then just you shout out people all day long, every day, whatever you're listening to, whatever, who you're talking to, who, who show you were just on, what blogs you just did, any well, shout outs. And I think it's you. important to try to tell the story on Instagram, especially with shout outs, right? Because I think that can really help build legitimacy. You know, so because there's a difference between me shouting out Bradley Zordrager for something he does, you know, being like, oh, my friend Brad wrote a really great article versus me saying my friend Brad, who took me on a few dates with Neck Deep when I was 19 um, and who I've been friends with since high school because of hardcore, um, you know, just wrote this article that's really compelling and you should read it. Like that's a much more interesting post that talks about like my backstory and also like lifts, elevates Brad and talks about some of the crazy stuff he did and what a positive influence he has been in my life. You know what I mean? And I think that's a really important distinction to kind of think about is like, where does this piece of content fit into sort of the overall story of what I'm trying to communicate? You know, like, like how does this help communicate that I am Matt Bacon, hardcore guy and black metaler and lifer? Um, Pro tip. You know, I'm going to jump in. Sure. Pro, which is also why we started shouting out guests of the Dumb and Dumbest podcast on, on Ghost Cult's social media, as well as you do, as well as Curtis sometimes. Uh, pro tip, I'm not the biggest fan of cross-posting. However, is setting up my Instagram stories to go to my Facebook stories because it's just one more place where yeah. I can duplicate the content. I don't have to go and post it myself because it's a chore. And it has been getting me noticed. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that that's probably the only place where cross-posting between the two is like not lame. I think broadly, spe I think generally speaking, cross-posting between uh, Facebook and Instagram is kind of lame. You know, I think you can take the same content and reformat it. I think that's fine. But the only time you don't need to reformat is for stories. I would agree. Right. Um, you know, okay, stories so are going to continue to dominate all of social media. They're jumping into YouTube now with a certain amount of followers. They are starting to dominate. Also, they're also happening on Twitter. They are. They are going to start happening on Twitter. Let's talk about a Twitter for a second because we. Have yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you didn't. That's what I was going to say. Is you didn't finish. So didn't finish. let me finish. I'm going to let you finish, but I'm going to finish. Um, so Twitter, realistically. You can't tweet too many times in a day. Obviously, you shouldn't be post tweet like rapid fire unless it's meant to be a thread, one after the other after the other. But realistically, you could conceivably at one point Curtis Stewart was posting like a hundred times a day, which is kind of insane. Um, I probably tweet fifty times a day. 
that's fair. I probably tweet combined my own posts, retweets, mentions, comments, everything, probably 30 to 40 times. And that's on a busy day. But realistically, that's also a chore. If you are a serious band, first of all, you need to be on Twitter because Twitter is where journalists live and they live to tag you on, on channels. So when they wrote that review, it's not just for other journalists, it's for you to notice and share. Be kind and share stuff when people cover your pants. Part, part of the beauty, of, yeah. And part of the beauty of Twitter is that it's sort of like its own little tribe, you know, which I think is really important because only maybe 10% of bands are on there. Um, you think it's that high? At most 10% of bands are on there. Okay. I think and, it's less, and I think bands are underutilizing Twitter. I think you're probably bands right. Who I have seen, bands who I've seen jump into Twitter have marketedly changed their futures marketedly help themselves record labels have noticed their record labels notice um, yeah you know speaking of neck deep neck deep is fantastic if you want to look at a great example of how to run your twitter um or at least they were the last time i looked a few months ago but they have been historically great um yes. you you can so here's the bare minimum i think if you're a band what is the bare minimum amount of tweets you should make in a day i'm gonna say three to five it's, it's not that money. Three to five combined, retweeting something you like, sharing a fellow band's success, and three posts of your own. How hard is this? Not it's that very, hard. It's very doable. It's very, very doable. And that's part of the thing, right? But again, it's about getting into the habit of it. And then, you know, like we're talking about a relatively, uh, a not incredibly aggressive Twitter strategy. It's still, a, it's still a, a potent strategy, but it's not, this isn't like going insane on it. Yeah, we're not uh, trying to blot out the sun here. We're just trying to keep you in the game and talked about. Yeah. Um, you know, that being said, you know, I think uh, – I like that we're not trying to blot out the sun here. Um, you know, that, that, that being said, I think it's going to take a while. You know, the more you post, the faster it will come. But to make your posts not lame and dumb and, make you, and, and not make you look like a goofball and not have people make fun of you, you need to be consuming a lot of content so that you can be sure that you're like creating in a way that shows some level of self-awareness, which I, self -awareness, which I think is a huge issue a lot of bands have is I think they don't necessarily look at like how people are interacting, you know? And so then they just come off kind of silly because it's like, I don't know, man, like no, nobody, you know, if you don't know how to interact, you just become the weird kid on the playground, <laughs> um, you know, but um, all that to say, I do think this outlines a pretty decent um, opening salvo and a decent uh, sort of initial attack for this sort of thing. Um, do you have any sort of final thoughts on this, Keith? Yes, my blot out the sun comment is a reference to Frank Miller's movie 300. <laughs> okay I, I, and uh that's the visual i often want to invoke when it comes to social media coverage because i think a lot of people feel like if they can't post constantly they're failing and i don't expect you to keep up with curtis on twitter or matt on instagram or ghost cult on facebook first of all we all serve different purposes we have our own business purposes that that amount of posts serves you just have to do the bare minimum to keep yourself in the mind of people, but as we learned from the movie Office Space, so I'm full of film references today, you can do the bare minimum, but you also can do a lot more if you have time and you care. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, and so just as a final point too, this is important. Um, you know, and then again, it's easy to feel overwhelmed, but there's always sort of the long tail. There's always sort of sub niches, new areas you can be approaching, you know, to, to finish that quote about being told that he was going to be, you know, that they were going to blot out the sun with arrows. Um, you know, uh, the leader of the Spartans, um, whose name is uh, Leonidas. There we go. I remember my, I remember my history. Um, Leonidas says, and we will fight in the shade. And that's sort of exactly. like, and that's sort of, but that's but like, you can kind of view that as like fighting in the shade is like taking advantage of the long tail, taking advantage of the fact that there's a lot of other people out there looking to consume content and do stuff, you know? So keep that in mind. You are going to find a way forward if you are creating. Um, now, before we wrap this up, um, we actually delayed the start of our upcoming content marketing challenge because of Mother's Day. Uh, we kind of felt it would make sense to um, delay by a day. And so I just want to point this out real fast. Um, our content marketing challenge has a focus on creating quarantine c -c -c content. And what we'll be tackling in this, um, in this challenge, fairly straightforward. We're going to be breaking down how to create content in quarantine that is relevant and cool. A lot of the stuff that we talked about on this podcast is no doubt going to come up. It's going to be some of the stuff we discuss with y'all as we kind of dig into it. You know, I think I think I just want to kind of use this challenge as an opportunity to really pick apart some ideas of how you can be creating regardless of the circumstances, because we're obviously dealing with some pretty crazy circumstances to be creating. Um, any sort of content right now, you know? So with that in mind, that's what we're kind of trying to educate you on is like, how do we create content and have it be cool um, even in the face of insanity? Um, you know, and I think it should really be that, uh, I, think, I think it can really be that straightforward. And I think that can sort of be the, you know, where we're going with it. Um, now to sign up for this content marketing challenge, it's going to be, um, $90 if you haven't worked with us before or 140 for a higher tier, which means you get some more in-depth interaction, some more in-depth, uh, you know, just some, some juicier stuff out of us basically, you know, but really starting with the standard tier is going to be more than enough for most people. I think trying to kind of get their first taste of what content marketing can be. Uh, so, if you want in on that, I think it's, you know, I think it's pretty cool. I think a lot of people can get a lot out of it. Um, so all you have to do is email me, matt at dropoutmedia.net. And what we're going to do every day, it's in a Facebook group. So every day you have a little task and anyone can do it, any level. It's not too hard. I promise you, if you have questions, we will answer your questions. You know, we're not going to send you up shit Creek without a paddle. Um, and yeah, you know, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I really hope to see at least a few of you joining us. You know, we have a decent amount of science so, so far, some good new people. I think a lot of people are excited about it. And I think you're going to learn something if you join. This has been Dumb and Dumbest. You have been listening. Spartans, push!